This is Ozarks at Large for Thursday, February 17th, 2022. In just a moment, actor-playwright Delena Studi tells us about how walking the 900 miles of the Trail of Tears informed her play, And So We Walked. And in our second half hour, Leah Uribe delivers a new edition of Sound Perimeter. our musical universe ahead this Thursday. Arkansas lawmakers have effectively killed remaining attempts to consider a Texas-style abortion ban that supporters say would make it harder for courts to overturn. Members of the state Senate Wednesday voted to table three resolutions that would have allowed votes on the proposals. Republican Senator Jason Rapert of Conway decried the move as an attempt to silence anti-abortion lawmakers. I've been here seven years. Sometimes it's collegial, sometimes it's not. So I don't, I don't think this is part of any particular theme. But Lieutenant Governor Tim Griffin replied, saying the lack of support among lawmakers does not amount to a conspiracy. Obviously, this move to squelch and silence the voice of members of this body when we had agreed to there, there would be no more resolutions filed, this move... It's unprecedented that I've ever seen in the body. With this body, uh, generally, up until the last couple of years, it's been pretty collegial. It would require a two-thirds vote of the Senate to reconsider the resolutions, though similar efforts that failed in the chamber Tuesday fell far short of reaching that threshold. Senators also approved numerous appropriation bills for state agencies, which will now go to the House for a vote. The Arkansas Department of Health reports another day of more than 40 newly confirmed COVID-19 deaths. The ADH is adding 49 fatal cases from yesterday to the state's total. That's five consecutive days the number of newly counted deaths has been more than 30. There are more than 1,100 new cases in the most recent 24 hours of testing, 1,500 fewer active cases, and a net reduction of 46 hospitalizations. The University of Arkansas for Medical Sciences is receiving a $1 million gift in support of the new orthopedic and spine hospital. The gift made by Dr. Mark S. Harriman. Ground was broken on the $85 million hospital in Little Rock last April. A plan for a new interchange on Interstate 49 and an extension of Northwest J Street in Bentonville will be the subject of a public meeting tonight. The city of Bentonville will host the virtual meeting at 530 on Microsoft Teams. More details about the planned work and the meeting can be found at nejstreetinterchange.transportationplanroom.com. And tonight's scheduled home opener for the Razorback softball team against Wichita State is postponed because of the weather. It will be rescheduled for a later date. Razorbacks now scheduled to open the home season tomorrow afternoon at 2.30 when they take on Western Illinois as part of the Razorback Invitational. The Razorback women's basketball team in Florida tonight taking on the Gators seeking a third consecutive win. This is Ozarks at Large. This weekend, The Momentary in Bentonville will host a one-person performance inspired by two journeys along the Trail of Tears. The first inspiration is the forced march and displacement of thousands of Native Americans from their homes to contemporary Oklahoma. Thousands died during that march. The second journey of inspiration is one taken by the playwright, 
Delena Studi and her father just a few years ago. The play, And So We Walked, An Artist's Journey Along the Trail of Tears, will be performed at the Momentary tomorrow and Saturday nights beginning at 7 and Sunday afternoon at 2. Yesterday, she came to the Anthony and Susan Hoy News Studio to discuss the work. In 2015, I had this idea I wanted to retrace my ancestors' footsteps along the Trail of Tears, starting in Cherokee, North Carolina, and traveling 990 miles along the northern route to Tahlequah, Oklahoma. And it was important that my father go along the trail with me. Um, It was something I I felt like I had to do just because it was a part of my life that my father and my Cherokee family never talked about, which was our life before the Trail of Tears. I knew everything about my family from the Trail of Tears on, but I didn't know where we had started from. So it was a missing piece of my my story, and I really wanted to learn more. So um, I had this insane idea that we were going to walk all 990 miles, and we did. And I wrote a play about the experience. So you have this idea, and you tell your... Your father, your father. Whose idea was it that, that you do it as a as a duo? That was my idea. Uh, my father is an elder. He's a full blood, and he's an old speaker, which means his first language is Cherokee. So he would bring a lot of uh, status and knowledge that I don't have. And um, you know, I was hoping he'd be able to engage in conversations with uh, the elders in North Carolina, which he was able to do. But that's something I wouldn't be able to do. So it was very important to me that he come along just to to give me that expertise that I was lacking. And also I wanted my daddy to take care of me. I was going to (laughs) say, this is an emotional event. Yes. A lengthy emotional event. I would think strength in in numbers, sort of. Yeah. Yes. You know, I've always been... um, well, you know, depending on who you ask in my family, uh, I'm either a mommy's girl or a daddy's girl, but I always see myself as a daddy's girl. And my father has, I mean, honestly, the way he reared me has made me into the woman that I am today. And I feel like everything that is of major consequence in my life, my father has been uh, right with me when it's happened. Um, and sometimes he's the catalyst to make it happen. And so, um, you know, there is a safety that my father brought. And there was... Uh, I think for me, because I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a half breed, um, and you know, I was, I never really felt like I was enough for either of my races. I, I wasn't enough. I wasn't enough white to be white, and I wasn't mm-hmm. enough Cherokee to be Indian. And so, um, I always had this, um, because of that feeling of not being enough. I felt like I really had to validate myself. And so, I jokingly say this: the whole play is about me failing at being a Cherokee woman. Uh, and realizing that I was trying to hard to trying so hard to be something that I already am, and I don't have to try because I am that, and so that's something my father instilled in me. But it, it took me to go on this process and go on this crazy six week journey with my father in order for me to realize I don't have to prove myself if that's who I am. You mentioned that your family didn't talk about life before the Trail of Tears ending, I guess. Were there people in your family that thought this wasn't a good idea or tried to talk you out of it? Um, My mother didn't think it was a good idea just because my father and I are very much the same person. Mm. So uh, we're often very stubborn and we butt heads. Uh, We're not always in agreement, which I think is true of a lot of children and parents. And so my mother, uh, when she found out we were going to be on the road together by ourselves for six weeks, she was afraid that one of us might not make it home alive. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just from the yes. conflict. Did you know when you started this that it would end up as a performance? 
I, I knew I wanted to write about it. Uh, I didn't know what the performance would be. Uh, ideally, you know, originally, I wanted it to be about the people we met along the way and how the Trail of Tears impacts who we are today based on the interviews from the people I, I collected and also with the historical documents. Um, my producer director, Corey Madden, she didn't understand why I wanted my father to come along. And so I convinced her of why it was important that my father be there. And then, of course, after we walked the six weeks, um, I wrote a rough draft. I presented it to her. And she's like, where's your father in this? Because I didn't include him or me because it wasn't about us. It was about the people we met. And she says, no, no, no. We want to hear what was it like to walk the trail with your dad, especially since my father is a boarding school survivor. And I'm the first generation of my family not to be sent to an Indian boarding school to be assimilated. She was like, what's that relationship like? What came up for you? We want to hear, you know, that relationship. And I was jokingly said, we're not the Kardashian. No one cares. And so uh, she really forced me to go personal and tell a personal story. And um, and that's when I feel like the story really became about uh, resilience, hoping, uh, you know, how do we face our darkest times and overcome them? And in a weird way, it's about it's you know, it's about overcoming trauma. But it's also about sharing the trauma with others so you don't have to suffer it alone so that no one has to walk that road alone. And so um, that was something because um, it's revealed later in, in the play that I was going through my own personal trauma that I wasn't talking about. Mm-hmm. And so um, and, of course, going on a trail that's about trauma is going to make things resurface. And so um, how do you how do you ask for help in those moments of need? And so that's how it all came about. It, it, but it became a very personal story. Uh, and that was very terrifying to me. It's very vulnerable. Delena Studi is the author of the play And So We Walked, An Artist's Journey Along the Trail of Tears. She'll perform the one-actor play tomorrow and Saturday nights at 7 and Sunday afternoon at 2 at the Momentary in Bentonville. Tickets are $25 for general admission, $20 for members, $15 for students. More information about the weekend performances at themomentary.org. And ahead, we'll zip across the region to another museum, the Fort Smith Regional Art Museum. Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports on metamorphosis at the RAM in our second half of the show. This week, we've been looking at the latest polling numbers from the Talk Business and Politics Hendricks College Poll. So far this week, we've seen high approval numbers for Governor Asa Hutchinson, a 10-point lead for GOP gubernatorial candidate Sarah Huckabee Sanders, compared to a generic Democrat, a majority statewide approval for legalized recreational marijuana sales, and statewide majority displeasure with a proposal to make it more difficult for amendments to the state constitution to be adopted. Today, what Arkansans think of vaccine mandates. The poll of likely Arkansas voters finds respondents evenly split on vaccine mandates. Roby Brock, editor-in-chief of Talk Business and Politics, commissioned the poll along with Hendricks College. We asked whether or not uh, Arkansas voters support businesses being able to mandate vaccines, and we see just a a totally even split, 47% support, 47% oppose. Again, we see all kinds of demographic changes and differences in here. Uh, Republicans overwhelmingly opposed to business uh, vaccine mandates. Democrats very supportive of the notion. We also interestingly see some very unusual age numbers here. Younger voters very much supportive of business vaccine mandates, as are older voters, those over 65. Everybody between the ages of 30 and 64, though, much more negative on that particular issue. And we also see some split among voters with college degrees. Those who have a college education, more supportive of mandates, of vaccine mandates for businesses. Those without a college degree, very much opposed 
to the uh, business vaccine mandates. 961 likely voters were surveyed last week, with the poll having a margin of error of plus or minus 4.4%. More from Roby and Talk Business just ahead on this week's edition of the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Ozarks at Large is underwritten, in part, by the Walton Family Charitable Support Foundation. The Lunch Hour, KUAF's monthly concert series, continues Friday, February 18th with musical performance by Amour and lunch from Secondhand Smoke. Doors open at noon. Space is limited. Registration and masks are required. KUAF.com for more information. The Lunch Hour is sponsored by George's Majestic Lounge Happy Hour Concerts, a Fayetteville tradition for over 40 years. George'sLive.com for more information. The University of Arkansas will host Winona LaDuke, a Native American human rights and climate activist, Monday. University programs will present Ms. Duke in the Faulkner Performing Arts Center Monday evening at 6. This lecture is in conjunction with the Native American Student Association. LaDuke's resume is long. Briefly, we'll tell you it includes two races as the Green Party vice presidential nominee sharing that ballot spot with Ralph Nader. She's also the co-chair of the Indigenous Women's Network and author of seven books, including her latest, To Be a Water Protector, Rise of the Windigo Slayers. She'll speak Monday night at 6 in the Faulkner Performing Arts Center. Time now for today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. I'm Paul Gatling. The importance of infrastructure cannot be understated in the continued evolution of Northwest Arkansas. And the influential nonprofit Northwest Arkansas Council wants to know from you what and where the regional priorities should be. The council is asking Benton and Washington County residents to participate in a survey to set infrastructure priorities in the coming years. The council recently reestablished an infrastructure work group to pursue funding that is now available as a result of the new $1.2 trillion bipartisan infrastructure law. Survey questions include highway expansions, broadband, public transportation, water protection, recycling, and how to prepare for an expected surge in the use of electric vehicles in Northwest Arkansas and across the U.S. Now, we have a link to this survey in a story that is up on our website right now, and you can find that at nwabusinessjournal.com. Coming up after the break, Roby Brock visits with newly announced Democratic candidate Jay Martin to find out why he's entering the race for Arkansas governor. That's next on today's Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Support for the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report is provided by the Arkansas State Chamber of Commerce and Associated Industries of Arkansas. The Chamber's mission is to promote a pro-business, free enterprise agenda and prevent legislation, regulation, and rules that hinder business. ArkansasStateChamber.com Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield For more than 70 years, Arkansas Blue Cross and Blue Shield has used its knowledge and compassion to create healthcare solutions for individuals and businesses. More information at ArkansasBlueCross.com First Security is proud to be only in Arkansas. They offer smart solutions for personal and business banking, plus convenient services and community investment. First Security. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. Last week, former Arkansas legislator Jay Martin announced he will enter the Democratic primary for Arkansas governor. 
Martin joins an already crowded field of four other Democrats running for the state's top elected job. Here's more now with candidate Jay Martin in a recent interview with Roby Brock. You have looked to run for higher office uh, in the past, for a statewide office in the past, uh, but you've, you've not pulled the trigger on that. You are pulling the trigger now after a noticeable absence from uh, Arkansas politics in terms of being an elected official. Why is the timing good for you now? Well, it's better uh, personally for me now. My, my daughters are older. Uh, they're all teenagers now, and they don't care as much as if I'm home or not. Uh, and uh, so it just seems like a better time personally. But there comes a time when leaders have to step up in difficult days and lead. Uh, so it feels like with the pandemic, uh, with uh, the lack of unity, uh, that it's the perfect time for a bridge builder to get back involved uh, in, in, a, in, in the public arena and try to make a difference. Tell me where you feel like there has been some leadership that has failed, that has driven you to get into this race. Well, I, I think we had a public health uh, crisis that both Democrats and Republicans uh, used uh, politically. And uh, I, I think it would have been much better had we worked together uh, to try to come up with solutions. Um, and so I, I think there's, uh, because of the pandemic and some of the response, I think there's just been a lot of mistrust uh, and, and a lot of division. And so I think it's the perfect time uh, for a candidate to get in who can unite and who can help restore uh, trust uh, and work with both sides. Of course, I've done that. I, I was the majority leader in the 85th General Assembly and was able to, uh, to bring together uh, Democrats. And we had a bipartisan committee work with Republicans on important legislation. So it seems like a great time for somebody who can uh, create unity, work together, uh, to try to make sure that, you know, Arkansas is a special place, uh, Roby, you know that. Uh, we, we're a very special uh, state with special values. And so I want to continue to lead in the spirit of uh, Governor Mike Beebe, uh, the job creation that, that he started that I think, frankly, Governor Hutchinson did a great job following up with. Uh, we want to see the economy thriving. Uh, we want to see our education has to improve uh, our, our scores for our children. We have to have excellent public schools for all of our children. Uh, so there's just a lot of things that we need to work on. Uh, you've hit on a couple of issues. It sounds like will be the center uh, piece of your campaigning. What about tax cuts? We have seen uh, quite a bit on the tax cut front uh, since when you were in the state legislature. Do you support the tax cut plan that has most recently gone in place? Would you continue to try to cut income taxes? I think we have to look at taxes. Um, I have talked about in, on my website you can see that we had hoped to have some targeted small business tax cuts uh, to help uh, with post-COVID recovery. Uh, I'm not opposed to tax cuts. I mean, the state does have to provide essential services. We have prisons to run, <laughs> a lot of other essential services, the state police. So uh, I think we have to look uh, at those issues. Arkansas, of course, has to have a balanced budget. So uh, we have to make sure that uh, we provide a balanced budget and so that our bills are paid. So. I, we're looking at all of those issues uh, and, and trying to determine where would be best uh, for some targeted tax cuts uh, that we think would help and spur on the economy. I do believe tax cuts help uh, spur the economy uh, and spur uh, spending with the extra money that uh, that is placed in the hands of the citizens. So uh, we're certainly not opposed to them. Uh, we do uh, want to guard uh, the uh, safety nets uh, that are in place for the vulnerable. Uh, we believe that government has to be run efficiently for that reason, Roby. Uh, we don't think the government can be all things to all people, as some advocate. Uh, you certainly lose 
uh, a lot of revenue when you start giving uh, money uh, to people uh, who are not truly in need or who uh, who really don't need to have that safety net. So uh, I think we need to be very careful to have the safety net for people that have it uh, in place. Uh, we will guard that. Uh, at the same time, we're not opposed to some targeted tax cuts. So I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but I'm trying to sharpen my question a little bit for you on this. So I, what I hear you saying is that you support some targeted tax relief, perhaps uh, you know certain income demographics, certain business groups. But I don't see. I'm not hearing you say you support broad-based income tax cuts like we have done and seen in the last couple of legislative sessions. Is that accurate? Well, I, I think that you know you can look at sister states, and of course we're competing with our our border states, particularly towns like Texarkana with Texas that doesn't have a state income tax. Um, and other states that uh, that are close uh, that don't have uh, income taxes, and we're competing with them to try to get great paying jobs here, and also uh, for people to to, to assist with that. Uh, the problem becomes, though, that you have to have that balanced budget. So we're I haven't looked at uh, some of the plans that uh, other candidates have in place. Uh, we are definitely in favor of some targeted tax relief in Texas, though. For instance, they have very high property taxes. Uh, which uh, I think helps them pay for state government. I'm, I'm definitely not in favor of raising taxes on property. Uh, so uh, to get to that zero sum, that balanced budget, I'm curious to see what uh, the other plans call for. Uh, we think you can get there with some tax, uh, targeted tax cuts. Uh, we're not opposed to that. If there's a reduction in income tax, uh, we're, we're certainly not opposed to looking at that either. Uh, if there's a way to generate income without taxing people uh, in some other areas, uh, then, then I'm fine with cutting the income tax. And that's Jay Martin, one of five Democrats running for governor this year in Arkansas. Sarah Huckabee Sanders is the only announced Republican candidate, and Ricky Dale Harrington is the only announced Libertarian candidate. Arkansas's filing period for the May 24th primary election begins February 22nd and ends March 1st. In other news this week, Northwest Arkansas National Airport has a new tenant. King Aerospace of Texas has signed an agreement to lease two hangars at the airport totaling roughly 117,000 square feet. King will provide maintenance and customization for government, military, and corporate clients. UAMS Chancellor Dr. Cam Patterson is the keynote speaker for the Springdale Chamber of Commerce's 95th annual meeting. The in-person luncheon is February 25th at the Northwest Arkansas Convention Center. Patterson is expected to reveal new details of the planned $85 million orthopedic and sports medicine center west of Interstate 49 in Springdale. The University of Arkansas System Board of Trustees approved the project last spring. And just how many electric cars are on Arkansas roadways? Well, according to data from the Arkansas Department of Finance and Administration, 2,094 plug-in electric cars were registered in the state at the end of 2021. That compares with 781 at the end of 2019 and 1,303 at the close of 2020. As of January 31st, there were 2.83 million registered vehicles in Arkansas. So that puts the state's share of PEVs at 0.07%. I'm Paul Gatling, and that's the Northwest Arkansas Business Journal Report. Until next time, thanks for listening.
Cold tonight, lows from the mid-teens to lower 20s across our listening area. But we do warm up again beginning tomorrow with highs around 50. The weekend, not bad at all. Sunshine, highs close to 60 on Saturday, mid-60s Sunday. And more about your weekend just ahead when we migrate next door to talk with Ozarks at Large's Timothy Dennis about a full weekend of live music from Fort Smith to Eureka Springs. KUAF is supported by Little Wing Productions, presenting Ozark Mountain Daredevils and Black Oak, Arkansas, in concert at the Auditorium in Eureka Springs, Friday, April 22nd. A limited number of reserved seat tickets go on sale this Friday morning at 10 a.m. Tickets will be available online at tickets.thundertix.com. This is Ozarks at Large. I'm in the Herald and Blanchcock News Studio with Timothy Dennis. It is time to talk live music. Timothy, we've got a lot to discuss. We have a lot to discuss. Let's start with tonight. Jeff Tate is going to be at George's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville. If that name sounds familiar, it's because... He is, was the lead singer of the band Queensryche. Yeah, I don't know if they're still together, if they're on hiatus, but definitely was the front man for them. He is on a tour celebrating the 30th anniversary of that band's album, Empire. for many people I know, was a seminal music collection for them. I'm not as familiar with it as many of my friends, but... Tickets for that show are $20. That gets underway at 8.30 this evening. Again, that's at George's in downtown Fayetteville. Tomorrow night at George's, they are going to have an evening of pop rock featuring Katie Kirby, Finn Lilly, and Illuminati Hotties. seen the posters around town for Illuminati hotties and it it just seems like it would be fun show. I will say Roger Barrett of On The Map shows he does a great job promoting the heck out of everything he brings into town. And I will say that if he's bringing someone in, I think they've been vetted and they're a very good artist. Yeah, don't expect a bad show. Right. Tickets for that show are $15. That'll get underway at about 9 o'clock, 9.30 tomorrow evening at George's in Fayetteville. Happening over more toward your neck of the woods on the east side of Fayetteville, Mojo's <laughs> East is going to have the odds on stage tomorrow evening. Every time you mention the odds, it's like, I've got to get them into Furman Garner. I've never had them in. Yeah. And I like them a lot. They're great guys. They are. That show gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. Again, that is Mojo's East, kind of Mission and Crossover area in Fayetteville. Close enough to be called Mission and Crossover. Uh, it's in that broader East Fayetteville right. area. Right. Moving on. Happening in downtown Fayetteville tomorrow night, Walton Art Center is going to have the Sullivan Fortner Trio. Tickets start at $33 for that. That gets underway at 7.30 tomorrow night. Again, that is at Walton Arts Center in Fayetteville. Gotcha. 
Moving up the road to Springdale, Black Apple Crossing is going to have Randall Shreve on stage tomorrow night. And he never disappoints. If it's on a great show. Admission for that show is free, zero dollars. Uh, and that gets underway at 6 o'clock tomorrow evening again. That's Black Apple Crossing on Emma Avenue in Springdale. Can I digress for a minute? When, when yeah. someone like Randall plays for free. I mean, there's a tip jar. You can buy okay. swag, stuff like that. I mean, okay. I definitely encourage people to support these yes. bands that they are seeing for quote-unquote free. Gotcha. Right. Moving on over to Eureka Springs, big show at the auditorium. They're going to have Sierra Farrell on stage. backed up on this tour by local favorite Nick Shoulders. Mm -hmm. And then this show is going to be opened by Baron Sophia. Tickets for that show are $35. That gets underway at 6.30 tomorrow night. Again, that's at the Auditorium in Eureka Springs. Happening after that, the official after party for that show is happening at Chelsea's. They're going to feature Lily B. Moonflower's band and Chucky Wags and the Company of Rags. Also a good show. That gets underway at 10 o'clock tomorrow night at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. Down in the River Valley, Temple Live is going to have kind of modern country artist Frank Foster on stage. Yeah, I get by by working in the sun, picking guitar, grocery shopping with a gun. You just scrub if you ain't the bug up in a four-wheel drive. And we don't need no caviar and hot dollar wine. We got cornbread, sweet tea, and brow patch moonshine. We all know how to have a Opening that show is one of my favorites, local country artist Dylan Earl. Ooh, I like Dylan. Saw him a couple weeks ago at George's, and he put on a great show even just by himself. Oh, yeah. I've only seen... No, that's not true. But when I have seen Dylan Earl by himself, he, it's it's great. Tickets for that show at Temple Live start at $20. That gets underway at about 8 o'clock tomorrow night. Again, that's Temple Live in Fort Smith. Moving on to Saturday. Right. <laughs> JJ's Live is going to have the band Camp, C-A-A-M-P, on stage. They are a folk band from Ohio. They're kind of in the vein of Ray LaMontagne or Bon Iver. I wish I'd had more time Listening to you speak your mind Now I'm thinking about it every day On my mind a typical way Are you a life force? Tickets for that show start at 32.50. That gets underway at 7.30 Saturday evening again at JJ's Live in North Fayetteville. Happening in downtown Fayetteville Saturday night, George's is going to have a show featuring the One Ounce Jig, Reverend Pollard and the Family Holler, and Monk is King. Taking but painless, taking a frameless, painting to hang on the Somebody's calling, mayday they're falling, can't try to help if they fall. Kind of an eclectic mix with a little bit of funk thrown in there for good measure. Yeah, I like that. Uh, Cover for that show is $15. That gets underway at 8.30 Saturday night at George's in Fayetteville. Moving on, Chelsea's in Eureka Springs Saturday night is going to have the string band Black Mountain Fever on stage. That gets underway at 9 o'clock. Again, that's Saturday evening at Chelsea's in Eureka Springs. Bluegrass, sort of. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Elsewhere in Eureka Springs Saturday night, the Gravel Bar is going to have Charlie Mellinger on stage. 
I think it's underway at 7 o'clock. Again, the gravel bar in Eureka Springs. And then down at Fort Smith Saturday night, they're going to have a show they're billing as the Boys from Oklahoma. So expect Red Dirt Country from the Trent Fletcher Band, Avery Stinnett, and Gannon Freeman and CCREV. Okay. Oh, but I left her late one night for the prom queen. Oh, she broke my heart and let me stand it out in the pouring rain. And I've been burning these bridges, burning these streets, and I got this rule I believe that's kind of a throwback to cross-Canadian ragweed, but I'm not entirely uh, certain. That would make sense, yeah. Tickets are $7 in advance, goes up to $10 on Saturday. That gets underway at 8 o'clock again. That's the Majestic in Fort Smith. And then jumping ahead to Monday, Georgia's Majestic Lounge in Fayetteville is going to have a memorial medal show for Jason Big Hands Lowry. He was a fixture on the Dixon Street music scene. He passed away a couple weeks ago. Right. Uh, proceeds will go to his family. They're going to feature Vor, Dead Bird, 90 Pound Wrench, and the Flip-Off Pirates. It's going that's to be, Monday night. That's Monday night. It's going to be a heck of a show. Again, uh, free admission, but they are asking for donations. That gets underway at 6.30 Monday evening, again, at George's in Fayetteville. Thank you for starting that quadruple bill at 6.30 on a school night. Amen Thank to you, that. George's. Amen yes. to that. One more thing I want to talk about. Oh, boy. Next Thursday evening, JJ's Live in Fayetteville is going to have Nelly. The Nelly. Tickets for that show start at $60. They'll get underway at 7.30 next Thursday at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. I'm going to prove now that I'm not Gen X <laughs> by asking this question. It's getting hot in here. Is that Nelly? I think so. I'm a bad millennial. I should know that, but I think you're correct. Hot in here. That's okay, point. okay. Again, tickets for that show start at $60. That gets underway at 7.30 Thursday night, next Thursday night, at JJ's Live in Fayetteville. And that hits the high points for the next week. Thank you, Timothy. Do not lose your hope. The Lunch Hour, KUAF's monthly concert and podcast series, is back with a performance by Mia Jeldum and lunch from Mockingbird Kitchen. You can watch this month's podcast on KUAF's YouTube page. And watch out for February's concert featuring Amour and Lunch from Secondhand Smoke. Coming up February 18th here at KUAF. The Lunch Hour is sponsored by George's Majestic Lounge. Oh, it's a busy KUAF Friday tomorrow. KUAF and Undisciplined will be in Fort Smith tomorrow night for our next live recording of the podcast. That's a collaboration between the University of Arkansas African and African American Studies program, KUAF, and Ozarks at Large. 
Podcast host Dr. Karee Banton, producer Matthew Moore, and Timothy Dennis will be there. Guests include Fort Smith historian Sherry Tolliver and Alicia Richardson, Chris Cheney, and State Representative Jay Richardson. Doors at 515 North 6th Street in downtown Fort Smith open at 5 tomorrow night. The public, you, invited to the recording. Support for KUAF comes from Malco Theaters, offering reserved seating at the Rogers Cinema Grill, Springdale Cinema Grill, and Razorback Cinema Grill and IMAX Theater in Fayetteville. Showtimes, tickets, and more information available at malco.com or the Malco app. KUAF is supported by Mycelium Networks, a Fayetteville startup building a decentralized wireless network for IoT devices in Northwest Arkansas. Compensating individuals for hosting a small gateway at their home or business to help provide local coverage. Connect NWA.com for more information. Tomorrow on Ozarks at Large, Michael Tilley from Talk Business and Politics helps us review the week in news. Becca Martin-Brown, the features editor from Northwest Arkansas Democrat Gazette, gives us a preview of what we can do for the next 72 hours. And we'll talk with the host of Hip Hop Hello, a show that's been added to KUAF 3's schedule. That and more tomorrow on Ozarks at Large at noon and 7. Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. We open Sound Perimeter today with a beautiful arrangement of Metallica's popular power ballad, Nothing Else Matters, featuring the Mozart Heroes, a duet from Switzerland formed by musicians Chris Krebs and Phil Seeholzer. Chris and Phil met as conservatory students when they were being trained to follow a classical path. After years of different collaborations, they ended up becoming the Mozart Heroes, a duet that presents edgy versions of rock and film music in a classical setting.
was Mozart Heroes' version of Metallica's popular song Nothing Else Matters in an arrangement for guitar and cello. The original song was composed in 1990 by Metallica's lead singer James Hetfield. Nothing, or more precisely, From Nothing, is the inspiration for the music collective ensemble Dal Niente's name. Ensemble Dal Niente performs new and experimental chamber music with dedication, virtuosity, and an exploratory spirit. Dal Niente's 23 musicians come from different backgrounds and represent different voices. The ensemble has been together for over 20 years, performing, commissioning, and advocating for 21st century music to stimulate curiosity and connect art, culture, and people. Let us listen to an excerpt from one of Dal Niente's concerts at the Library of Concert in 2020, featuring Mexican composer Hilda Paredes and her piece from 2004, Demente Cuerda, for solo harp, flute, oboe, clarinet, bassoon, horn, percussion, and string quintet. Pay attention to the dialogue between the harp and the ensemble and how they exchange and transform musical ideas in their conversation. That was Dal Niente Ensemble performing an excerpt from Mexican composer Hilda Paredes' Demente Cuerda, or Demente String. Nothingness, the general state of non-existence, has been explored by many artists representing ideas, emotions, stories, realities, and labels. We close our sound perimeter today with the Mexican band Matisse, beautiful and catchy song Nada. Nothing in its acoustic version from 2020. This is Leah Uribe, Associate Professor at the University of Arkansas Music Department, expanding our musical boundaries with Sound Perimeter. Sound Perimeter is a segment dedicated to diverse voices in and around music. I hope it will expand your knowledge and connection to inclusive sounds and let music infiltrate your lives and transform your reality. See you soon. 
Te mentiría si te digo que no sueño contigo Que cada noche me duermo anhelando que estés a mi lado oh. Y todo el día pensando en ti la paso jodido porque no hay nadie más como tú, no hay igual, no hay nada igual No te cambiaría nada, nada, nada Tal como tú eres ya me encantas Hasta tu mal humor a mí me enamoro Lo que tú me pidas te lo juro te lo doy No te cambiaría nada, nada, nada Tienes todo al lado Thanks for making Ozarks at Large and KUAF part of your Thursday. An annual invitational show at the Fort Smith Regional Art Museum opened this week. As Ozarks at Large's Jacqueline Froelich reports, the theme of the exhibit is metamorphosis. Chaos, isolation, and shifting perspectives, all consequences of an ongoing global pandemic, are what prompted Fort Smith Regional Art Museum curators to title their annual invitational this year, Metamorphosis. But artist Laura Waddles, the museum's marketing coordinator, says the show is about accentuating the positive. We chose the theme of metamorphosis because we wanted to emphasize renewal, new beginnings, rebirth, and change. Forty artists were selected to exhibit from across Arkansas and Oklahoma who work in an array of media. A large oil painting by Little Rock painter Susan Chambers, titled Leave It Be, renders botanical scapes in vivid patterns, color, and flattened space. It's a delightful, colorful painting with stylized illustration of a decaying stump, autumn leaves, birds, and it has a 3D woodpecker mounted on the side of the painting. James Volkert from Faulkner County created an interactive piece containing Atlantic seawater. It's a traditional painting of the ocean with waves, but in front of it, he has mounted a tube of Atlantic seawater, and it has a handle on one end, and you can raise and lower the handle, so it's an interactive piece, to watch the, the actual seawater in the tube ripple back and forth. Claire B. Jones' sculpted cotton is titled Curves Two. It's very subtle, it's very lightly colored, very soft and beautiful. There's a piece from Red Fern Art Glass Studio in Clinton, created by noted Arkansas glass blower Ed Pennebaker. Called Variations and Mutations, and it's pulled glass tubes, and I believe it's about three or four feet tall, and it's mounted on a piece of rusted bent metal, which is what he put in there to represent time and change. A botanical construction by Elizabeth Weber from Little Rock is titled Colony. It's made of cocoons, eggs, nests, leaf skeletons, circular forms, almost like bulls made out of leaf skeletons. And inside are what she calls dandelion wishes, milkweed fluff, and then it's surrounded by honey locust thorns. An engraving on exhibit is of a common native Arkansas tree, the first to bloom in early spring, a sign of hope. It's a scratchboard engraving, black and white, of flowers in early spring, and it's called Serviceberry, and it's done by Frank Goff from Hot Springs, Arkansas, and it's just an, 
an exquisite, quiet little piece. Metamorphosis is on display in the museum's main gallery through May 22nd. This is a juried exhibition with uh, first, second, and third place winners. The winner gets a solo show at Fort Smith Regional Art Room Museum in 2023. And the public that comes through gets to vote for People's Choice winner. The aim of the annual Invitational is to encourage and recognize professional artists and foster art appreciation in the community. The museum, located at 1601 Rogers Avenue, shows national and international traveling exhibits, as well as works by local and regional artists and lots of virtual and in-person educational enrichment. For Ozarks at Large, I'm Jacqueline Froelich. If you had 90 seconds, how many solid hits do you think you could produce at Arvest Ballpark? The Northwest Arkansas Naturals will let you find out. The team is hosting fan batting practice under the lights the night of March 3rd from 6.30 until 8.30. Up to 75 would-be sluggers will each get a minute and a half to try to clear the fences or, let's not be greedy, line a base hit to the opposite field. The sessions cost $10.00. You can also shag fly balls, and you'll get a voucher for two free tickets to the Nats' home opener against Wichita on Tuesday, April 12th. You can reserve your spot at milb.com slash Northwest Arkansas. It's the Community Spotlight on KUAF. I'm Pete Hartman. Happy to be joined in studio by Jamie Smith, president of Elkins Community Network. Jamie, nice to talk to you. Nice to talk to you, too. The Elkins Community Network is a fairly new organization, and our goal is to engage, empower, and enhance the community of Elkins and the surrounding rural areas. Uh, We work with events. uh, We have a newsletter, a website, and just be an information hub and a connecting spot for the entire area. We've got cool stuff going on, and we want to share about it. Beginning tomorrow, Friday, February 18th, with a blood drive. So the Elkins Community Blood Drive is going to be 1 to 5 p.m. at the Elkins Community Center, which is 16. To Doolin Drive. They are asking that you sign up for a spot just to make sure that's redcrossblood.org okay. and just search for Elkins in the search tool. Um, and we've already got 20 spots. We're very excited. and But we have more that we can fill. Uh, and they will take walk-ins if you don't know exactly when you can be there, but you would probably have to wait. A, a voter registration drive. Now, this is coming up the end of the month. We have a lot of seats from the top down that are coming open between retirements and redistricting and everything. So now more than ever, people have the opportunity to shape their community's future. That is so important. But the way you can truly do that is to vote, and you can't vote without being registered. So we're having a nonpartisan um, voter registration drive. 8 to 6 on Friday, February 25th, and from 10 to 2 on Saturday, February 26th. And then one more thing, taking place uh, this one in March a broadband town hall meeting. This is with Arkansas Broadband Now. They are uh, the organization hired by the state to uh, kind of find information about what's going on with the broadband situation across the state. And so they're holding town hall meetings everywhere. And so we wanted to bring them in and just let them hear from our people. They're trying to get stories. They're trying to get anecdotes and just get a feel for how broadband is being used and how it's available or not available. We are on Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn and Instagram. That's uh, one quick way, but we also have a website. It's elkinsar.org. Jamie Smith, president of Elkins Community Network, letting us know what is taking place in the great community of Elkins. Thanks so much, Jamie. Sure, thank you. I'm excited. The Community Spotlight and KUAF Local Matters. 
quick heads up about a program our friends in public TV will share tomorrow. Each month inside Arkansas Week, there's a segment called Good Roots. And this month, it places the focus on Osage Creek Farms in northwest Arkansas, four-generation business. The segment examines how the pandemic has affected the farm. Arkansas Week begins tomorrow night at 730 on Arkansas PBS. Additional content that doesn't make it into the broadcast will be available on Arkansas PBS social media platforms. And if you miss the premiere of If This Walk Could Talk from Larry Foley and the University of Arkansas earlier this month, don't fret. You can watch the documentary about some of the stories connected to the first 150 years of the University of Arkansas for free at the University of Arkansas YouTube channel. You can also direct your browser to the KUAF YouTube channel to see last month's performance in our lobby by Mia Jeldum, our guest for last month's session of the lunch hour. As those sessions continue through 2022, you can keep tuned to our YouTube channel to see more of them. And keep your ear tuned to Ozarks at Large to hear songs recorded as part of the lunch hour series as well. This is KUAF 91.3 FM. Fayetteville, Fort Smith, Rogers, and Bella Vista. KUAF is a listener-supported service of the School of Journalism and Strategic Media at the University of Arkansas. You can listen to us from anywhere by using the free KUAF app or by going to KUAF.com. Timothy Dennis produced today's show inside the Harold and Blanchcock News Studio. He also produced today's edition of Sound Perimeter. Contributors to this Thursday edition of Ozarks at Large included Jacqueline Froelich, Leah Uribe, and Timothy Dennis. The Northwest Arkansas Business Journal with Paul Gatling is produced by Stephanie Brock. Our theme is titled First Hurrah. It is written and performed by Daryl Sean. The Community Spotlight with Pete Hartman produced inside the Nancy Blair Operations Studio. New editions of the Community Spotlight every weekday morning at 6.30 and 8.30 on KUAF. We'll be back with you tomorrow at noon and 7 with a brand new edition of Ozarks at Large from the Carver Center. For Public Radio in downtown Fayetteville, I'm Kyle Kellums. Thanks for being with us. We'll talk again very soon.